so my sons were in college, so we got this big marquee, and we invited all the, you know, everyone to come from the, their schools, and we're seeing people come to Jesus. But I want to tell you this story. There's a guy in his car, you know, driving by the marquee, and this is uh, in Paraparaumu. I don't know if you know where that is, but he's driving his car, and all of a sudden, he said it was like a magnetic force made him turn his car into the parking lot. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go there. But he said he felt like a magnetic force was, was pulling him into the parking lot. And he walked into the tent right when I was telling people how they could know Jesus. And he came and, and gave his life to Jesus. I mean, God is doing amazing things. Amazing things. But you know what's so amazing to me is how, how much he's not. God is not what we think he is. He's not how we, what I used to think, especially when I was, the age that many of you are right now, and I, I was, you know, going to church, and I was going to, to, the, to the youth group, and, and uh, I had a wrong idea about who God was. And let me explain it to you. Um, it, we do a lot of stuff all over the world, and one of the, another place we work in is Sao Paulo, Brazil. And Sao Paulo is a city of 20 million people. It's really a crazy, dangerous city. And there's a guy there, there, and his name is Sergio, and he was going to see a prostitute, and it was at night. And so he's walking through the city, and he's walking under a bridge, and as he, as he was walking under the bridge, he saw this guy coming towards him, and so he's like afraid because he thought this guy is going to, you know, rob him or something, because like I said, it's a dangerous city. This guy walks up to him and says, don't be afraid I'm here to tell you that God loves you. Now, think about it. He's on his way to go visit a prostitute. And I believe God sent an angel to him to to meet him under this bridge and to tell him that God loves him. Then he came to where my band was playing. And he said when he came into the concert, he felt this heat come on his body. And it was so heavy, this heat on his body was so heavy, he couldn't stand it, and he left. But for a whole week, he had this heat on his body. And so finally, he he found out where we were, and he literally came up to where I was, and he fell on the ground, and he said, tell me what's happening. Tell me what's happening to me. And he gave his life to Jesus. Jesus' love is is so, un, it's not what I thought when I was growing up in the church. Um, one of the things I did a lot when I started my band in, in Holland is uh, we, I would bring my, my sons with me when they were little. I know and some people thought that wasn't a good idea, but, you know, anyway, I did it. And uh, we were in this one club called the Black Hole. And it was a crazy club. Uh, the band... One of the, the guys jumped on the stage when we were playing with a knife, and a guy, the manager of the band before, picked up a metal folding chair and was going to hit him over the head to protect me. And it was, you know, it was just your normal concert. And, um, and so then afterwards, um, afterwards I said, um, and then we, sh- we show how Jesus died and rose from the dead. We had this, like, this mic stand that, it looked like, a, like we hooked these jumper cables up to it, and so we plugged it into a wall. So Jesus was electrocuted on this mic stand cross, and then we put, there was this coffin on the stage with a paper lid and a white skull stencil, 
And so while the band was playing, I was the guy that was killed. I was representing Jesus. I punched through the paper lid, white skull stencil. Stand up. <laughs> you know, you don't do this in normal clubs, let me tell you. And then they're like, whoa. And then I said, I'd like you to meet my son. Now, my son, Aaron, at the time was about five, okay? And he was up in the balcony. And so I'm in this club with all these crazy people. I want you to meet my son. So my son, Aaron, comes. He's like five years old. And I put my arm around him. And I said, this is my son. There's not anything I wouldn't do for him. If someone tried to hurt him, I would protect him with my life. Everything I have belongs to him. I want him to have a good life. I want him to be happy. I don't want him to go through difficult things. And I will do anything to, to help him and to protect him because I'm his father and I love him and I care about him. And I said, and that is exactly how God feels about you. Every single person here is valuable. Nobody here is an accident. You know, the world, the world tells us, you know, we hear it all, we grow up in, in school, they tell us that, you know, we're, we're an accident. We're just the result of some, some ex random explosion in the sky. Where there's a, there was a, uh, where's that little boy that I just saw back here? Where is he? Where? Could you, can you, can you come up here? Can you come up here? Yeah, come, come up here. No? It's okay. That's all right. He doesn't have to. All right. All right, this little girl here. Can you come up here? Can you come up? Yeah. Come up here. Okay. Isn't she beautiful? Think about this. How could she be an accident? I mean, there is no way that this beautiful girl could be an accident. Is it, I mean, how, how stupid, how ridiculous is it, these lies that we hear? I mean, look at her. And she is valuable, isn't she? I mean, there is nothing... There's no money, there's no gold, there's nothing in this world that's worth more than she is. Because she wasn't the result of some random explosion in the sky, was she? She was created by a passionate father who loves her. So, how can we believe this, this, this stuff? You can sit down if you want. How can we believe this stuff? You know, this. How do we know? You know, like it's it, to me the question is not is there a God because, I mean, like. I mean, look at look at your look at your each other. I mean, there's no way that you're an accident. So, the only question really is what is he like. 
You know, that's the only real question. Is God good? Is he bad? Is he indifferent? Did he leave us? But Jesus said in Matthew 9, in Matthew 6, 9, he said to his followers, when we pray, we should say, our Father who is in heaven. That's how he said we should talk to God, our Father. And so how do we know that this is a good father? Because so many people today don't have good fathers. Isn't that true? I mean, so many people, if they even have a father, they're lucky, you know. But if a father who actually cares about them, I mean, that is becoming more and more of a rare thing today. So how do we know that this father isn't like all the other ones? Romans 8.31. What should we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for me, but it's not because I fool him. It's not because he doesn't know what I'm like. It's not because he doesn't know the things that I do that I'm ashamed of. It's not because he doesn't see, he sees the bad things and the good things. I can't hide from him. And he's for me. I mean, think about that. God is for you. And and it's not because you're fooling him. It's not because you have to, you know how when I was in high school, in college, I had a lot of friends who were my friend if it made them look good. But as soon as it didn't make them look good, they weren't my friend. You know, it was that kind of friendship, not real friendship. Well, God knows me completely, and he's for me. He's not against me. How do I know that? He didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also graciously, along with him, give us all things? Now, here's something you need to understand. God did not send his son to die for trash. Some people here feel like, I'm not worth anything. Would you think God would send the most valuable thing that he had? He didn't send an angel. He could have just sent some angel to come and give the message. He sent the most valuable thing. You know how much, you know how someone loves you? By what they're willing to give, right? He gave the most valuable thing, his son. Do you think he sent his son to die for trash? Of course not. Nobody here should ever believe this lie about themselves. I talk to so many people, they, don't, they, have, they just feel like they're, not, they're worth nothing. Maybe it's because that's what they've been told their whole life. You know, maybe that's what they've been told by their friends or their parents or whatever. But I'm here to tell you, God did not send his son to die for trash. You are super valuable. Incredibly valuable. If we were to see the full extent of God's love in this room, we wouldn't be able to take it. You know, we sing songs about it, but I'm telling you this. 
I've had little tiny specks, you know, like really little specks of this rea- reality. But if I were to see, if you were to see the, the real extent of God's love for you, you would not be able to take it. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Listen to that. Who will bring a charge against those who God has chosen? Who can condemn someone when God has chose you? Who's higher than him? It is God who justifies. God justifies you. If God is for you, not against you, if he is the one who justifies you, if you're so valuable to him that he sent his son Jesus to to rescue you. And then it says that Christ Jesus who died, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God interceding for us. So, you know, I, when I speak, people will come up to me and they'll say, oh, will you pray for me? And it's good that we pray for each other. It's good. We need to do that. But you know what? Jesus himself. Jesus himself is standing before the Father interceding for you. When God justifies you, you are not condemned. We got to stop believing these lies. That this world, this this terrible system, this evil system that we're immersed in tells us about ourselves. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, nakedness or sword... As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The thing about God's love is, no matter what we have to go through in this earth, he is there with us. And he won't let us go through anything that he's not going to be there right beside us and help us go through. And what we have is, and I've been, you know, I can remember one time I was, I got really sick and I was in Amsterdam and I thought I was going to die. And I was so weak, I felt like I was melting into my pillow. And I was, I was, but I was, I was in this hospital room with like four other guys. And this one guy that was there, his wife died. She was also in the hospital at the same time. And so the peop, the doctors came to tell this other guy who was in, in bed next to me that his wife had died. And so and I was, so, I was so weak, I couldn't say anything. I really wanted to, to, you know, to encourage him, but I was so, so weak, I couldn't do it. But what really was so hard was the reaction of all the people in the beds around me. They had nothing to tell him. They couldn't say anything to help him. And then after a while, they just started making jokes because they had nothing, nothing. But you see, when we have God with us, we can face things, and he he promises to help us. We don't have to believe this lie that we're all alone. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, And you know the biggest proof of it is the cross. It shows that Jesus is angry about the injustice. The 
the suffering, that God cares. That's why he sent his son to take our place. It shows God's heart and his love for us. It reveals the only way I can be clean. Jesus is not just another religious system. That's, what, that's another lie that you'll be told. Oh, yeah, you're into Jesus. That's cool. I'm into, I'm into Buddha, and, or I'm not into anything. But if it works for you, that's good. And if it works for you, that's good. No, it's not true. It's a lie. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Only Jesus rose from the dead. Muhammad did not rise from the dead. Krishna did not rise from the dead. Buddha did not rise from the dead. Only Jesus. And that's why I can trust him, because he's not some dead guy. I don't need some dead guy. How can I live in this world with, for some stupid dead tradition? I need something real. I can't just live, I can't just live this religious thing. I can't do it. So, when you know this about God, then you can give him your life. When, you know, when I used to think that it was about making sacrifices, you know, it's like, all right, if I'm willing to go to church every Sunday, then maybe a God will love me. You know, if I give money to help poor people, then maybe God will love me. If I try to live good, even, I, you know, some days I do good, and some days, maybe God will love me. You, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more in the future than he loves you right now. Nothing. It's about receiving what he did for you. That's it. It's about surrendering. It's not just saying, I acknowledge it. Because the de- it says in the Bible, the demons believe. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, well, it kind of makes sense. No. And in fact, when I had that kind of idea, my life wasn't changed. And I wasn't free. And I didn't have peace in my life. And, you know, someone would give, give a, you know, a message about Jesus coming back. And I'd go, oh, man, I'd freak out and ask Jesus into my heart again. You know, I asked Jesus in my heart all the time. But I knew that if I was going to stand before God, I knew my name wasn't written in his book because I didn't surrender myself, my life to him. But, you know, when you know who he is, how can you not surrender your life to him? And so, do you know God is a good father? Do you understand him this way? Or do you need a revelation of that? Because it's the kind of love the world doesn't know. You know, and how are you supposed to understand God is a good father if you don't have one, you're an earthly father that's, that's good. But I think he wants to break that, that hurt, you know, that misconception maybe that you have and set you free to follow Jesus. Yes. Because that's, when you know that, then, then, then I can trust him with my life. And I know that he's the only one worth giving my life to.